Hello everyone and welcome to our last casting crew Q&A. My name is Lena and today I have for you an interview with Literarian, the lead organizer of the Crown of Thorns project. She came up with the idea and organizational structure and brought the team together to create the Crown of Thorns drama. She's also the voice actor for Aziraphale. She fell head over heels into the Good Omens fandom in June 2019 and fell in love with Crown of Thorns not long after. Lid has created a variety of projects in the fandom, she works in research, and has managed both large international projects and groups of volunteers for many years. And today, we get to talk to her about this giant project that has recently come to an end. Lid, it's an honor to have you with us today. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> so, what are your first impressions on how the project has been now that it's finally done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, in a way, I'm sort of glad that we actually got here. Yeah. Um, I remember when we started, there were a lot of people that kept telling me this isn't going to work. Your timeline is way too packed. You know, you're doing this way too fast. You need more time. And I had already planned it for like a whole year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm just glad that ultimately, while there were some blips, everything worked out. Yeah, fair enough. Was it um, organization-wise and production-wise, was it what you expected or, or how was it different? It actually panned out pretty much the way I expected. Um, I think we, I mean, the, the way it happens in these volunteer projects is you sort of, you start and everyone's really motivated and people do a lot of things. And then it, it sort of gradually, some people drop out, some people sort of do less over time. And there's one core in the middle that keeps it all together. Um, and that's exactly what happens on Crown of Thorns as well. We had um, some people who dropped in for individual voices, some people who just provided one single cover. And then we had people like you or like AJM or, or, or like Compass who just continuously for the whole year contributed a lot of different things. Um, and and you, can, you can see that if you just look at the notes who attended our voice chats, for example, that we had regularly, um, who was there and who showed up and who were the people who actually, you know, yeah, bore the brunt of the work. Um, and again, that is, I totally expected that to happen and it happened. And, you know, that, that was uh, anticipated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure, we had some roles that were necessary all throughout, like the editors, especially Re, who has had edited all of the episodes, not just every few of every, every few chapters, one of them. And mm. also Grin our Betsy listener, yes, uh, listen to almost all of them, along with um, Jap, mm -hmm. who came up after. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, we've definitely had people uh, around a lot more than others, but like, like you said, that was to be expected. Yeah. Um, Actually, it, in, in a way, it kind of worked more like clockwork than it, so, than it, than I thought it would, because sort of the team and i may have said that in the in the first interview already but the team came up with additional stuff that we could be doing and could be doing throughout like this entire social media schedule with all of the posts and mm -hmm. teasers and everything i hadn't even thought about that like yes of course i anticipated that we would post completed chapters on social media but that we have like a 24-hour teaser and a 12-hour teaser and then the actual chapter and then and you know we had what four posts for each chapter 
an um, old schedule yeah. they don't sort of and and that every single or nearly every single one of them going out on all of the platforms on time that i didn't foresee at all <laughs> and you just came up with it and ran with it and that was great mm -hmm. yeah fair enough um so you, you told us the first time that we talked to you in the interviews that this was the first time you'd been really in fandom but that you'd had organized groups of volunteers before and that it would you you expected it to be similar uh mm -hmm. was it actually similar to the experience or was yes. fandom context different no it is no different at all really it's 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 exactly the same you have exactly the same processes you have exactly the same dynamics like what i just talked about with people dropping out or people you know popping up um you have we had the same kind of drama i had in <laughs> in my in my other volunteer work so yeah it was like one to one there is there is very little um comparison all right awesome so what would you say you have learned about fandom then in the past year of interacting with it that is a good question i think primarily i've i think the primary thing i take away from this is a lot of i've learned i've got to know a lot of people mm -hmm. and this isn't really new insight or anything um but i think this this dynamic and that this dynamic works the same in fandom as it does anywhere else that is an insight for me mm -hmm. um that you have these same processes and people you know groups of people function the same and i'm a sociologist by training so that's actually what i study as well <laughs> um, right. Particularly, I study the sort of thing in context of using the internet for all of it. So <laughs> I've used <laughs> Crown of Thorns in my academic talks as well, without necessarily saying what it was. Um, <laughs> but but for me, that's as a researcher, that's really interesting to see that these dynamics work the same and these groups work the same and you run them the same, um, whether you do it in um, where I was before or in fandom. So that was... Uh, that was interesting to observe. <laughs> Fair enough. And on the more sort of creative side of things, how has the experience of this year made you feel about Good Omens as a fandom and perhaps especially about your character as Zerophil? I think what I've what I've seen with um within Good Omens is I mean the fandom has I have the impression has gotten slower over the last year which kind of makes sense because the series is now sort of further away. The um, people get less active in it. Some of the writers that I used to know in Good Omens have moved on to other fandoms. Mm -hmm. um, but there is still a lot of love for this, um, for this fic particularly, um, which you could see in sort of the, the, the regular comments that we got, especially from Patricia, who's just been <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people actually sort of waited for Crown of Thorns to finish and are probably now binging it. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, I mean, we posted, we posted the last chapter on uh, Christmas Eve. Yes. So even if they started when we posted it, they wouldn't have finished listening to it by now. Because no. it is 37 hours long. Yep. 
I, I had a chat with my husband just over, you know, lunch today. Um, and he was, and he doesn't really care about what I do, but he does listen to audiobooks, particularly the Harry Potter ones. Um, oh, right. So he wanted to know how long this thing that I did actually ended up being. And I was like, yeah, about twice the length of the longest Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. But I think Goblet that. of Fire is about 20 hours. We have nearly 40. Yep. Um, so yeah, that is that is impressive. And I think we will see a lot more people sort of listen to, listening to it now. And I think actually um, a good deal of sort of the, the feedback that you kind of assume to come in for fan works will come in after the fact, will come in after we have finished publishing. Yeah, um, sure. And we're also publishing a good deal more um, bonus content this week mm -hmm. up to the end of the year. Um, some of which I hope will be really useful. Like we're publishing all of our guides um, mm -hmm. and all of the documentation that we've produced. You know, if anyone ever wants to run a project like this again, <laughs> they can <laughs> build on what we've developed. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's, a going, there's going to be a good deal more interest in Crown of Thorns when Crown of Thorn Thorns is finished than there was while it was running. So I think the real, um, I think some of the largest positives are still ahead of us. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And you've hit on something because we we really have had a bunch of people who have followed it along the production, like you said, like Pat. Also, we have had um, as someone who has kept an eye on the social media, there's been people like ten or fifty four who have been liking and reblogging stuff <laughs> fairly often. So yeah, even though that we have had people follow along. I'm fairly sure you're right that we're going to see a lot more people starting to comment now and, and look at it now that it's been finished. Yeah. I mean, we've we've had one really lovely comment this week just after we posted the last chapter, and I can't remember who it was from, um, but it, it was essentially a person that said, you know, we, you've essentially created something that will now um, become part of um, the Gromans fan fandom in general because it's mm. such a large thing and such a large project. Um, and that's, that is lovely to hear. And that's really what I hope this would be when we started it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Let me, I'm uh, checking the comment section. Oh yeah, Karuna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the comment was from Karuna on the last chapter in 76. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is now a fantastic that. classic we can enjoy for many years to come. Exactly, that one. Yep. That one, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of fantastical to think about it like that <laughs> after a year <laughs> of being so involved with it. Um, I don't know if you want to go into more detail about um, how you currently feel, like how you felt before versus how you feel now about your character is zero fail. Has it brought you closer? Have you found out things about it, the character that you didn't really know before through reading him? Not really. I think the Aziraphale in Crown of Thorns is a different Aziraphale than in most of the other things I read, which may well be because most of the other fics I read are based on the show where the, versus this being um, book Aziraphale. Mm-hmm. But I voice him different. I play him different. Um, and when I do Aziraphale in my other fix, he's or in my other pod fix, he is very different. 
I wouldn't necessarily say it has brought me closer to him. It just has shown me more of the variety that there can be in the character, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's really different because most in most of the other podfics that I make, most of them I do solo. So I play all of the characters. And playing Aziraphale only is a different experience just because you focus much more on that one thing mm -hmm. and try to keep, you know, the, the, the tone constant and the speed and the pitch and the voice in which you speak him um, in a way that is much different than what I do in my other work. So, yeah, that has been interesting. But I, don't, I think I, I like him just the same as I did when I started. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like I've heard a similar sentiment from um, Compass, who reads uh, Crowley. At the time, because this was another interview that I did really, uh, fairly early on, I hadn't read as much of the story, and I wasn't sure exactly why they felt that Crowley was different. Um, I do agree with both of you now that they have a very different feel as they do in most of the fics I've read. Um, but like you said, it's probably because I don't read a lot of book um, book omens in general. I think because, especially because I came to the fandom so late, or quote-unquote so late um, with the TV show, most of the content I've seen is TV omens. So yeah, mm. agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I probably, uh, funny enough, I probably love Crowley more because Compass has played him so fantastically. <laughs> yes. Like I will, I will listen. I mean, I love Compass in general and her, her potfix are just amazing. But I could just listen to her Crowley voice to fall asleep every night. It's just so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, on a related note, I guess I have some questions from Compass. <laughs> uh, they asked, what do you count as the greatest success of the project? And is there anything you'd consider a failure or that didn't come out as you had hoped? I think the biggest success is that we finished and that we finished on time. <laughs> I don't think many people expected that to happen. I expected it to happen. That's why I wrote the timeline the way I did. Um, but I don't think when we started, people really trusted my judgment on that. <laughs> and I'm glad that I was right, really, if I, if I can say it that way, um, that it worked out the way we had planned. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, an, that is a success in itself. There are so many volunteer projects that start out with lots of enthusiasm and then die, mm -hmm. never to be seen again. And you can, I mean... I haven't gone looking, but I'm dead certain that this exists in fandom to a lot. You know, th 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 there must be loads of them. Um, one of the inspirations I pulled from for making Crown of Thorns was um, this Shakespeare adaptation that was uh, meant to be a video play. Mm -hmm. um, what's it called? Much to do about uh, good omens. Um, and I think I've never, they started before we did, and I based some of the processes, especially the casting process for Crown of Thorns was based on some of what they did. Um, and I've never heard from them again. I've yeah. never seen any of the videos. Um, and, you know, we're here and we're done. 
and, and and I couldn't, I can't say enough just how amazing that is. Fair enough. I don't think there's actually anything that didn't really come out as I hoped. I, my biggest worry going into this was that along the way, we would lose one of the key voice actors. Mm-hmm. Because you can replace an editor, you can, any of the other roles, you know, if they drop out, then you just put someone else in there. But a voice, you cannot replace. Mm-hmm. So going in, that was what I was really worried about. And that hasn't happened. Um, I mean, we had a couple of, of minor roles dropping out, but all of those could be easily picked up. And none of them, we, we never had a, two different voices for the same character. Never throughout mm-hmm. the entire podrama. Um, again, I count that as a huge success. Um, I didn't necessarily expect that to happen. I was we- very worried that it would happen. Um, but again, it's, I don't have negative stories to tell. I, <laughs> it's just, you know, ultimately it's turned out exactly as I, as I had hoped. It was a rockier road than I had hoped. But again, I probably shouldn't have expected it to be, you know, smooth sailing all through. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. So you you told us the last time that you started it because it was a story asking to be potfixed. And um, do you feel that you've been able then to do it justice in a more artistic sense? Yes, very much so. Um, I think I think we've done... Overall, I, I, I keep repeating myself, but we've just done fantastically. And it has... Um, with all of the voices coming together and all of the music around it and everything, um, I think it's turned out more beautiful as a work of art than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly with um, with the soundtrack. I've I've recently sort of looked over Mooney's interview. I haven't gotten around to listening to all of them yet, yeah. um, and and saw that that uh, Mooney was surprised that. Um, we didn't have music when we started, but we never expected this thing to have an original score. <laughs> like this was a dream come true for everyone. Um, had it had it not been for Mooney, we would have just gone for you know um, publicly available music and and picked some of that that sounded that that would fit, and then you know yeah. that would have worked and that would have been possible certainly. Um, but but having an original soundtrack to this just added that much more. Um, I want to say artistic credibility to the whole project as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's more, how should we put it? It's more holistic. It gives it yeah. more of a rounded sense of, of having its own, um, its own existence, you know, like exactly. a, a complete project. It, yeah, it completes it in a bit more rounded way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> would you would you do it again? Uh, if I were to do something like this again, I would do it differently. <laughs> yeah, that was my next question. <laughs> um, I have I have pondered the idea, and mm. I have thought about which stories might fit. I mean, you only do this sort of thing for really long ones. Mm-hmm. And the next story that I considered doing, 
doing in this style was um, It Was Always You, which is in total even longer than Crown of Thorns. It has something like 320,000 words, where Crown of Thorns has 275k. Mm -hmm. um, and I ultimately, for now, decided against it. I'm doing this one on my own, and I've already started publishing it. So that, that ship has sailed, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and the reason I decided against this was that it would have been, it probably would have suited itself quite nicely to a multi-voice at this scale because it has like 50 different characters. It has a lot of dialogue, which is one of the things that makes Crown of Thorns work so well. But I just thought I, I just thought I can't have another year like the last one. <laughs> um, I mean, in a way, it's prop, and this may sound a bit bad, but I don't think Crown of Thorns would have worked as well had it not been for the pandemic. Yes, no, because I agree. because I think to a degree, working on this project for the whole year while everything else in the world seemed to fall <laughs> apart at the edges. It gave a lot of structure to a lot of people, be that the voice actors, be that the editors, be that the, the team that did all of the social media posting, be that our audience with regular, mm -hmm. you know, chapters being posted. And I think that was good. And I, th a lot, I, th I would hope that it helped a lot of people in this really devastating year. Mm -hmm. I very much hope that next year will be a lot better than this. <laughs> 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 I don't think anyone can take another year like 2020. Um, but that also means that I don't, I think this having this pandemic and essentially having people is homebound for the entire year with not much else to do than record Podvik lent itself to making sure that people were more reliable. Mm -hmm. I think I definitely, definitely need a break. Not yes. from Podfic, but from from all of the all of the interaction around and that is involved in making a, a, such a large project with so many people. Mm -hmm. And I think the people probably need a break as well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think that a project this long, you need to to stop for a moment and sort of relax after it's done. I'm not asking you to start like immediately in January, come on new one. Um, but if you if you did do it and you said you would do it differently, um, do you have any any words of advice or anything you would tell to people who might want to start their own projects like this? I well, what I've thought about how I would do something like this again. Um, I would definitely do a different kind of posting schedule. Mm -hmm. I think when we when we wrote the timeline for when the chapters would go up for Crown of Thorns, we went by roughly how much we can edit in any one week. So the word count that we published every week was roughly 6,000 words. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sometimes be, was one chapter, sometimes half a chapter, sometimes two or three or even four chapters. Mm -hmm. um, and that led to us posting on different days. And I don't think I would do that again. 
I think I would, and and what I what I actually already do for for my own pods now is I I just post the same thing on the same days week on week on week, and that will make a lot of the organization a lot easier. Yep. Um, we didn't, as I said, when I wrote the timeline for Crown of Thorns, I didn't foresee all of this social media schedule posting madness, which you know, don't get me wrong, was amazing, but had I had I been aware that that is what we were going to do, I would have made it easier on the team by doing a different schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. It just came up after things were already set. Well, not set in stone, but, you know, set. Yeah. Um, so that is something I would def- definitely change. I actually think that, well... I always I went into Crown of Thorns knowing that the editing would be one of the biggest tasks. Mm-hmm. And editing multi-voice podfix, as I'm sure you know as well, is a lot harder than editing your own pods where it's just you. Mm-hmm. Because you have to pull together, together all of the different files, files and all of the different voices and, you know, chase the individual pickup line because the character was... <laughs> Um, was record was you know didn't record a specific line or recorded it but with the wrong pitch or, or <laughs> anything like that. Um, yeah. But now having edited a lot of multi voice pods both within Crown of Thorns and also outside of it, I think I would probably do it on my own um, because I know how long it takes me now to edit you know an hour's multi voice. It's okay, I can do it. I I I. Um, and I think it would make the process a lot smoother if you didn't have all of these different people involved in all of the different stages. I quite like the way that Jap is running um, multi-voice podfix, which are a lot smaller than Crown of Thorns, admit it. Um, but I've been on, I've I've played roles in quite a few of theirs, um, and they work. And it's a lot more straightforward and it's a lot less, I don't want to say cumbersome, but there's a lot less involvement because people essentially just submit their lines. And I think if I were to do something like this again, I would probably do it like that and not have this whole setup um, and this whole team structure. It was worth it for Crown of Thorns. And it was fantastic having, you know, individual cover art for every single cover, for every single chapter. But but I also think it doesn't necessarily have to be that complicated. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of work running a team like that. Fair um, enough. And even if I were to do something of this scale again, and I already have a thick earmarked for it, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To a certain extent, if there is a person who enjoys editing that much for a year straight, I think it might work. But as far as I can tell, I think most people would be really burnt out editing every single chapter and making sure every single chapter has the same quality and always every single week um, having to sort of, like you said, maybe talk to the voice actor to re-record something or something like that. Um, So I don't know if I was doing this project, I don't know if I would be able to designate a single editor for the entire project. I don't know if that would work out for most people. 
like I understand it might work out for you because you figure out that you enjoy the editing and you enjoy doing it yourself. So that's, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would be able to do that though. And in the end, we our, our editor team was kind of smaller than I thought originally it would be. Um, not in a bad way, not not because I thought we need more people, just because I imagined that for a project this big, we would need more people. Uh, like it, it worked out, but I think, yeah, I don't know if I, for example, would have been able to edit all of the chapters in a row. I've had months where I had to edit like three or four chapters. And by the time I was finished, as I, I was like, yeah, okay, I feel accomplished and I'm glad it's done. And I'm glad I com- like I, I managed to contribute but I wouldn't want to do more than this. You know what I mean? Hmm. You know what you mean, but, but, but as you say, I just figure that I enjoy editing and that editing multi-voice is, well, I just enjoy doing it. So I don't <laughs> mind doing it, but I do see right. what you mean. Um, the, the editing team, what was it? Like seven, eight people, I think, overall? Um, um, yeah, about maybe a little less. Yeah, I think in total, like some people only did like one or two chapters, but mm-hmm. I think in total it was eight different ones. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's it was suitable for the project that Crown of Thorns was. I don't think, I think Crown of Thorns is a once in a lifetime thing at the <laughs> scale and at the complexity that it had. Fair enough. Um, that doesn't mean that multi-voice podfix at this scale can't exist again. I just think we know now that it can be made easier, but we should. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure it can. Um, I'm sure it can. It's just, and I, I haven't been involved with, I mean, obviously not everything, but a, a lot of the pieces and haven't seen a lot of the organization that has been needed. I don't know if reducing the people that were involved is necessarily the way I would do it simply because of the amount of work that the people left would have to undertake. The the thing is, I think the workload would go down with a number of people because it doesn't have to be so complex. That's what I mean. Um, So one of the biggest, and this, this probably may sound a little bit surprising, but one of the biggest time factors for me was maintaining the team and that was partly because the team was so big. And most of the things that we did, we did participatory, which is something that I strongly believe in in volunteer teams. It keeps up motivation and, you know, it, it, it helps people feel a connection to the project. But maintaining those processes and that engagement and the involvement and the decision making, that mm. is a tremendous amount of work. And hmm. I would wait to say that it also needs a tremendous amount of skill. Um, and I think that was one of the hardest things to keep up. Right. And, and that, that would proportionally grow, go down if you have left, less people involved. That is the main reason why I would want to downsize or sort of at least make it less complex. Right. No, I, I see what you mean. I'm just thinking of what you were saying just now about it be, it's being its own skill to be able to 
organize the amount of people we've had in this project um because i think in this case in this project in crown of thorns it has all fallen mostly to you in in most cases um do you think and this is just you know a hypothesis just to think about it um do you think maybe having someone who enjoys doing that kind of work because i know there are people who really enjoy doing that part and really do not enjoy other parts of the process um do you think having someone who took care of that part would sort of manage to keep the complexity of the work we've done and make it less stressful overall you sound that like i don't enjoy doing it <laughs> well you sound like you don't enjoy doing it that's why i say it um it's not that I generally don't enjoy doing it. I wouldn't have started this whole thing if it's not if it weren't something that I generally enjoy. Um, it turned out to be more painful than I thought it would be, which is one of the main reasons I wouldn't do it again in this way. Um, but that was a function of the project and the people involved that wasn't because of the work itself. The thing is, you can't really... You can't really differentiate between leading a project like this and uh, and doing that team management because they are fundamentally the same thing. And that is that is part of what makes it so demanding is that you have to be involved in so many different ways to really make it work. It's I've tried running teams with different people running different elements of the project. But that doesn't do away with the requirement for overall leadership. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, from many years of running many different teams in different places, the leadership and the vision for a project and keeping the team together, you can't pull those two apart. Because they fundamentally belong together. Um, so maybe you need someone less traumatized than me to do that. <laughs> that is very well possible. Um, but then the thing is, this sort of project just, and this may sound a little bit negative, and it maybe, you know, should be taken as a little bit of a warning, but it does require you to put in a lot of your personality and a lot of yourself. Um, and you've got to be in a in a mental place to to be able to do that, right? And if you're not, the thing is, as uh, in that position, if you drop out, if you build a team well, it can still function. But that doesn't mean that it will do well without any leadership at all. If you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I mean, I ha there were periods where, you know, work just took over my life and I couldn't really spend much time on the team. And I would think that that was noticed, that I was around less, um, because overall activity kind of seemed to go down as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it just needs a lot of time. And I don't think you can. I don't think it I think it works, but it doesn't work well if you differentiate those roles mm -hmm. not in my experience anyway right 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 no fair enough i'm just you know trying to see all of this from 
an angle where you can take from your experience uh, sort of to pass it on to others like you said with the for example with the guys we're going to put out um sort of mm. just see your experience for for what it could be in this case perhaps a, <laughs> a warning sign that yeah you you definitely need to be in a place where you can keep your your mental um health and your energy up for a year um yes and one of the things is you you just have to stay positive regardless of what happens mm -hmm. because i mean that the team runs on collective positivity that's what keeps it going yes and if you lose that motivation and you know we had we had one i want to say fallout somewhere in the middle of the project after which engagement in additional activities vanished entirely and it hasn't come back mm -hmm. it hasn't come back after that and um part of that was because i didn't have the energy to sort of try and rekindle that um but also because this sort of negative influence just draws the team apart and reduces motivation faster than you can blink and once that's gone it's gone you know, rebuilding that is even harder than re than building a team in the first place. So you just have to keep the spirit of the team positive throughout. And that is not always easy. So that's that's one of the reasons why I say you have to be in a good place. I don't want to, I, I hope that I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I tried, I really, really, I, I may not always have been able to, but I really, really tried to stay positive and stay motivating for the entire duration of the project i won't say it was always easy um but i tried to keep the negativity behind the scenes and out of vision for the team as a whole um and you know again that is i want to say that's a way of diplomacy <laughs> just <laughs> um keeping keeping the negative elements out of public view mm -hmm. And that's just as important as, you know, having good processes and, and having a solid team at the core. Yeah, it's, I would say it's part of leadership, just being able to present the energy that you want the entire project to have. Exactly. Yes. So one more piece of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so it's finished it is the i want to say in our time zone it was the morning of christmas eve the last chapter has been posted everything is left is just extra content uh the credits and your interview <laughs> so how are you feeling i think for now i'm mostly relieved that we actually managed and that it's coming to an end an end in a positive way um and, you know, all of the contacts and all of the lovely people I've met through this, um, I look forward to staying in touch with. I think for now, I'm kind of, in a way, glad that it's over just because it's one thing that I do not have to think about for next year. <laughs> <laughs> because life is busy and, and my job is killing me. And, you know, it's, it's lovely that it's done but it's also good that it's done and I, you know, I can sort of close that chapter. Mm -hmm. 
I will probably start missing it sooner or later. <laughs> and that's when I might start pinging you all again. Do you want to run another multi-voice podfic with me? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I kind of, with my current timeline, I will be busy with other projects until about the end of April. So <laughs> <laughs> if anything, expect an email around about in May. <laughs> Fair enough. So... Just resting for now and focusing on your own projects. Is that is that it? Uh, not really. Well, I wouldn't say resting. I'm currently recording a, a, a podfic of um, that will be over forty hours in total. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a different kind of stress, and I Fair like to, I like to balance the things I do um, and do different things at different times. And I think this is the right thing for me for now. And um, when I miss working with other people, I will, um, hopefully they will um, still be willing to work with me. <laughs> well, then good luck with your, with your personal projects. And you. uh, waiting to see you come back. <laughs> <laughs> you will certainly hear me around. <laughs> well, thank you for talking with us, Lit. Tell us, where can people find you online? I am, well, primarily on Archive of Our Own, obviously, as Literarian. I am on Twitter and Tumblr under the same name. You can reach me just simply on Gmail. <laughs> um, and the thing is, I, I, I only have this one name. So it's, it's Lit for short, but it's Literarian anywhere else. I'm on Discord, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Tumblr, AO3, email. I think that those are the main channels. I have a couple other but I don't really use them. So yeah, that's where you can get a hold of me or, you know, listen to my stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Lena. So this was all we had for today. This has been the last interview of the cast and crew of the Crown of Thorns but Rama. I've been honored to get to know all of these amazing people and share this year of experiences with them and everyone else on the team. This has been Lena, Lena Lollipop and IO3. And both for me and the team, I want to say a huge thank you to our listeners and supporters. Every small kudo, comment, and interactions through our social media channels have meant so much to us and have kept us going. Thank you so much for being with us through this project. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.